You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome to Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Keith Sanderson, animal advocate, writer, and human companion to Max A. Pooch, canine crusader for animals and the environment. Max and I thank you for joining us, and we dedicate this episode as we dedicate every episode to those amazing people who work to save the lives and or improve conditions of companion, domestic, or wild animals. The names Jan Creamer and Tim Phillips of Animal Defenders International, ADI, will be familiar to many of our listeners. Jan and Tim were guests on episode 13 of Maxi Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates. They shared the amazing story of the rescue of 25 circus lions from Bolivia, South America. They were also in the process of final production of Lion Ark, the amazing film that documents the rescue of these 25 lions. Since Jan and Tim were last with us, much has happened. The film is currently being shown at film festivals around the country and premiered, I believe, in London. But we need to take a break right now, and when we return, we'll catch up with how the lions are settling in their new home in Colorado, how the film Lion Ark is doing, and more. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Petco, where the pets go. Petco. Pet Life Radio has tail wagging, fur flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates. I'm your host, Keith Sanderson, and our guests today are Jan Creamer and Tim Phillips of Animal Defenders International. Welcome, Jan and Tim. It's fantastic to be back. Thanks for having us. Thank you, Keith. Uh, It's lovely talking with you again. Well, it's great hearing from you guys. You've been really busy. And before we get into that, the story of your 25 lions rescued from circuses in Bolivia is amazing. And if I remember correctly, you had prepared a sanctuary for them in Colorado. How did they adjust or are they adjusting to their new surroundings? Well, I think the, uh, the, the, the animals that have changed the most naturally, and I think that people will be stunned uh, if they go onto the website and see, are, of course, the cubs. The cubs were so tiny when we collected them, uh, when we seized them in Bolivia, and when we delivered them to the sanctuary. But uh, Percy and Bob are huge. They're bigger than their father now big and strong and looking really beautiful you know they've really benefited from the fact that they've had much better food and uh, more exercise but uh, Campion the one who was sick has really grown well he's now got a big black mane like his dad 
And the singles, the two boys and two girls, and, and Kenya, Pancho Tamuko, Chitara Dalila, and uh, Kenya, have all settled down into a lovely family group. I think um, when, when we, go and, we go and see these lions regularly, and, and ADI will be supporting their care for life so people can adopt those lions with us. And, um, but when we go and see them, it just makes your spirit soar. I mean, this is, you can't send these animals back to the wild. They've been kept in the wrong sort of conditions and they've been on a different continent. So they may carry diseases, not just for their own species, but other species that could be borne by insects and so on. So this is the closest we could do for them. And they're in 20, 25 acre enclosures. They roam freely. They live in these outdoor underground dens. And it is just fantastic. It's the closest I've ever seen to seeing rescued animals in conditions where you could just imagine they're in the wild. They're living in these prides, roaming together, grooming each other, being as families. It's fantastic to see them. That sounds amazing. Now, you said they're on areas up to 25 acres each? That's right. Per group of lions. Well, the, the biggest group of lions has 25 acres, and uh, that's, that's eight lions living in there. So they really have got the space to roam. They've got things to climb on, and they've got great big lakes in there to go and drink from. It really is, is wonderful. And one of the reasons we made this film was that, first and foremost, we wanted to make the lions the stars of the film to enable people to understand their, their lives, their journeys, how they suffer in captivity, and, and how they can live in the wild. And, and we follow that whole journey. And, and this is the conclusion, this, this freedom. We see them go from these almost broken, but they, their spirit isn't broken, where they're half starving, some of them are near to death, in these tiny cages about the size of a double bed. And we see them steadily get healthier and fitter and their characters emerge during the film. And one thing that's great about screening it at the moment is people are really engaging with the lions and realizing just how special they are wow and now engaging with them is the area where they're kept is that open to the public so if i were in colorado i could see them well yes you can and uh, uh the the wild animal sanctuary is quite unusual because normally when we retire animals from entertainment we want them to be completely retired and never entertain humans again but what's different at the Wild Animal Sanctuary is that they have built huge wooden walkways about 40 feet up in the air, and the humans walk along the wooden walkways over the heads of the animals alongside the enclosures. So we're not disturbing the animals. They can live and feel that they have their privacy. You know, one of the things, as I'm sure you know, one of the things that um, distresses animals in captivity so much like this is that they hate being stared at all the time. And these walkways mean that they don't feel that they're being stared at all the time, so they can just carry on and live normally. They're aware of the people, but the people aren't interfering with them. Almost so sort of like uh, lions in Africa, when maybe somebody on photo safari comes upon them, where they seem to be aware of the people, but if the people don't bother them, they just go on being lions. Exactly. Very like that. It's very non-intrusive. And I think as well what's critical is that one of the awful things about the ways animals are often displayed to the public is they're put in these tiny little concrete pens and it's one animal at a time and it's just a, a terrible life for them. And when they've got each other and they've got the space and they can hide away or they can emerge, then 
that's the best we can do. A few weeks ago, I, I went to see them and we were getting some photographs and so on. So we actually drove into several of the enclosures to see the lions. And we went into the one with the eight group in. And um, we were driving around for maybe 10 minutes before we could find them. And it was the, the height of the summer, the grass was long and it was full of flowers. And then suddenly up emerges one of the girls, Rosita, I think it was, and then Rosa. And steadily all these lions just started emerging out of the undergrowth and coming down to see us. And then they promptly began playing with and chasing the vehicle we were in, biting the bumper and things like that. So they, they had a great time. Or you were sort of like the uh, mechanical mouse that came in to give them a little mental exercise. Yes, it was kind of a reversal of fortunes, really. There we were sitting inside the vehicle, and, and they were on the outside looking in. So that was a sort of special moment, having them seen them come from where they were. And also, what a fight it was to take them from where they were. I mean, you've seen the film. These animals weren't given up easily. It was a battle to get them. Then it was a battle to get them moved. And that's all part of the film, Lion Art, this sort of exciting journey. Just how did we manage to get this huge group of lions from these terrible circuses up to the U.S. Before we get to the actual film, can you provide a bit of overview for those who may not be familiar with the rescue of just what led to it? Because it wasn't just you guys swooping down. I think what's amazing about the work you do is that, you know, you're in there, you send people undercover, you document, you enlist the services of, a, of the people who live in the country. And, and you really, you know, it's from start to finish, your group is there. So how did you start in this whole process? It started with a two-year undercover investigation was the, the beginning of it. We're, we're great believers in providing evidence to the public about what happens to animals behind the scenes. And we believe in the basic decency of the public, and we know that they'll be outraged when they see animal suffering. So we started with a two-year undercover investigation in several countries in South America, it really did lead to complete public outrage about um, the way the animals were being treated and the cruelty. And um, so uh, people in the newspapers and they were contacting their members of Congress and they wanted to see something done. And uh, campaigns started in Bolivia, Colombia, Peru, Ecuador and some other countries as well, including Brazil. And um, in, in Bolivia, in particular, the public demands were enormous and people demonstrated outside Congress and insisted that they wanted something done. And we do think that the fact that President Morales himself felt that it was wrong and wanted to do something really spurred it on and it pushed Congress along. And so Bolivia was the first one to push their legislation through. They passed the law and they gave the circuses a year to dispose of their animals. And then after the year, there were still eight circuses who were defying the law. And that's when the government wildlife officials asked us to help them go and seize the animals and relocate them. And that was uh, domestic animals and native wildlife and the African lions, of course, which they wanted removed from the country. And uh, that was called, we called that Operation Lion Ark because we felt that we were relocating the native wildlife um, to protected areas and uh, the domestic animals were being taken care of. It was like creating an ark to save the lions. And so that's where the name of the film came from, was Operation Lion Ark. 
Well, then when did you decide to document these incredible rescues with film? Well, it was really at the, the beginning of the operation. In, in, we do document everything internally. And, and like Jan says, this, this all began by documenting cruelty when we placed people for two years inside those circuses filming with the hidden cameras and, and everything. And what we realized when we were heading out there to do the seizures that we had to enforce this law, there were several themes which were just so important. One was that here was an opportunity to show complete transformation in the lives of these animals, to really follow the journey of these animals from tragic conditions and abuse through to freedom. And the other was to showcase how laws can be enforced and uh, that it's such an important thing around the world. Conservation laws and animal protection laws, they're often passed, but they're often not enforced. And that just makes them worthless. And we wanted to show how an NGO could work with the government. So that was a big theme. So we, we took the cameras out. And we just filmed everything. We filmed this at full cinema quality. So it's, it's like a beautiful nature film in some places. I was really amazed. It, uh, it sort of had that shotgun look, but the film was just so really crisp. And uh, then seeing the, the condition the animals were in, I think it's so important because it's one thing to say, well, the animals are kept in a 10-foot wide cage. But then it's another one to see how big they are and how little space that really is. We need to take a break right now, guys, so we can hear from our great sponsors who help bring the stories of awesome animal advocates. Stories like Jan and Tim have really worked so hard to bring about. And when we return, we're going to learn what it's like to be on the film festival circuit. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Tim Link, animal communicator and pet expert and host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have you ever wanted to know what your pet is really thinking? Do you want to find out if they truly understand what you're trying to tell them? Ever wish you could build a better understanding and closer relationship with your pet? Well, now you can. Learning to communicate with animals is a four-part on-demand workshop. In the workshop, you'll learn the essential techniques that are necessary to communicate with animals, including what is animal communication, breathing correctly to achieve the perfect state to communicate with your animals at a deeper level, using guided meditation exercises and method to communicate with animals, and how to send and receive information from your animals. So if you're wanting to learn how to communicate and connect with your animals at a deeper level, visit PetLifeRadio.com forward slash workshop and purchase and download Learning to Communicate with Animals. You'll be glad you did. Hi, I'm Dr. Jeff Werber from Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. We want to hear from you. Listen in. We're on every Thursday, 1 o'clock Pacific Time, 4 o'clock Eastern Time here on PetLifeRadio.com. We are one of the only live shows on Pet Life Radio, and I'm here to answer your questions. So you can call in at 877-385-8882, or you can drop me an email to drjeff at PetLifeRadio.com, and hopefully we'll see you here on Thursdays. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. 
Welcome back to Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates. I'm Keith Sanderson, your host, and with me are Jan Creamer and Tim Phillips of Animal Defenders International. Jan and Tim, it sounds like good news at the recent San Diego Film Festival. Congratulations. Can you share with us how the audience responded at that festival to the Lion Ark? It was a wonderful response at the film festivals. Um, I think uh, a, a warmer response than we could ever have imagined or, or hoped for. And um, we started out really well in um, in rain dance in London and uh, in Mill Valley. We got a standing ovation and we had really huge audiences, which I think they didn't necessarily expect. And then, as you say, at San Diego, it was just wonderful. We were just so appreciative and we were so pleased that people really got it. The, the, the point of Lion Art is to get people up and close to the animals. The, the, this film is about being right in there. You're right in the thick of it, in the middle of that rescue. And you're feeling not only what we're feeling, but what the animals are feeling. I think that not many people get this chance to be so close to these animals and to see how they feel. You know, we look at these beautiful animals from afar, but we don't really understand what's going on behind those eyes. So true. I mean, when I saw the film and saw you bring back that male lion who I believe had been kept for, what, seven years in a zoo all by himself in a small confined space. And when he would let out a roar and then the other lions that you were saving that were in the compound roared back at him. I mean, it just was, you know, it was really brought a shiver down my spine. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? You know, to be, it, that was Kimber. And uh, that was 11 years without ever hearing anyone's voice but his own. And uh, his face was a picture when he roared and he sensed the other lions there and uh, the other boys roared back. It was just wonderful. It was a, a magical moment. Like you say, it does send a shiver down your spine. And, uh, you know, we won at San Diego. We won the Audience Choice Award for Best Documentary. And I think it was because people so enjoyed that emotional journey that they took with those lions. I think so. And I think, you know, quite frankly, one of the other things, at least that I enjoyed, was the passion that not only you two, but everybody who was involved in the rescue had for these animals. And many times, I think in documentaries, they try to be objective and they don't really capture, you know, what the people sometimes feel about the animals they're trying to help. And to me, that's a big part of it. I think that's fantastic you've picked up on that because I I think that is part of the heart of the film. And I think that there used to be a time when documentaries had to be so neutral over these awful, bland affairs. And I think that it's important that documentaries now, often opinionated, the key thing is, are they accurate? And Lion Ark is very, very accurate, but it's at the absolute heart of this rescue. And one of the things that's kind of quite unique really is that so many of the people who worked on this project right from the beginning are there actually saving the animals and that's not always explicitly said but I think you can kind of feel it in the warmth of the interaction so you've got people who did actually work deep inside those circus industries seeing those awful things and how they felt when the law was passed and how they celebrated and things like that. And and then being with the animals and working with the animals. And there is a real warmth between these animals and the people saving them. 
And I think that comes across. I think that the audiences are feeling that. And of course, you go into these festivals with a certain sense of trepidation, sort of, we think we've made a good film, we, we hope people are going to enjoy it. And you get to the end of the first screening, and then when people stand up and applaud and give a standing ovation, it's very exciting. So people are tapping into that, that warmth and feeling in the film. Well, that's great. Now, you just came back from the uh, Hawaiian International Film Festival. How did the film do there? It was wonderful. The first screening was really wonderful, and people were saying what a great documentary they thought it was. And I think that they they, they caught on the fact that it, it's a very different type of documentary. But then our second screening, we had a power cut. And uh, so people watched the film all the way through. We were about 30 minutes from the end. And uh, there was a power cut down the whole block. <laughs> so uh, Tim and I had to stand up and do the question and answer session early. And we talked, uh, we carried on talking to people and, uh, and telling them about the animals. Um, but they couldn't fix it. So they've had to do another showing. There's a free showing on Friday tomorrow for all the people who missed out because they, they were very, very keen. And it was actually at that second one that some festival goers said to us that they hadn't originally intended to go to see Lion Ark, but they thought it was the best documentary they'd ever seen. So we were very excited to hear those kinds of comments. They've also extended the Lion Ark screenings. They're giving us two more screenings in the island section of the festival. So they've been so pleased with us, they're showing it again. Festivals are extending our runs generally. Once people see them, they're booking extra dates for us. We've got three dates now back-to-back coming up in Denver because tickets are going so fast. So that's exciting too. But you're not going to be in Chicago. I'm disappointed. Well, we hope to be, be at some point soon. Uh, it, 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 we've done a really good spread of festivals. We picked very high-profile festivals, ones which are sort of renowned for, you know, giving credibility to films like this, and they have very strict criteria. So I hope we will be getting up to um, Chicago next year. We do hope to be seen everywhere. In many ways, this is our shop window for the film. We've got distributors speaking to us, and we hope to have the film everywhere. We want people to see this. I really wish you luck in that and you get the good distribution. Now, you know, looking into the future, is there any possibility for a nomination for an Academy Award? Well, we would certainly be very honored and and delighted if something like that happened. We're working hard to persuade people to watch Lion Ark. And as Tim said, you know, big festivals like uh, Chicago, you know, we recognize that they see us as newcomers and they see us, our documentary as being a little bit unusual. And I think they're not quite sure how the audiences will react. So we're working hard to earn our place at these big festivals. And we think that if people come to see Lion Ark and they see it's a different kind of movie from the the kind they're used to as a documentary, but they enjoy it, then I think we're in with a good chance. And uh, we're also doing um, seven-day shows at uh, in New York and Los Angeles. So we're doing everything we can to qualify for the Academy. But I think it's just a question of persuading the industry and the experts in the festivals that this is a movie they do want to come and see, even if it is a bit different. There's certainly many great documentaries out there, and obviously only a 
a very, only a handful go on to those kind of accolades. So all we can do is put the film out there and, and hope that it's noticed. What we do know now is that people who are coming to see the film really are enjoying it, and that, that's the main thing that we really wanted. We want people to come and see a film about a serious issue and leave with a smile on their face. Wow. And I think that's what's happened. I mean, what I liked about the film is that it's a poignant story. What happened originally to the animals is sad, but it's not the kind of documentary where I might not want to take my daughter or granddaughter to. It is objective, but yet it has a great ending and and it puts a positive side on things. And, you know, briefly, what current projects or upcoming projects are on the horizon for you guys? Well, the, the most important project uh, coming up now is Peru. And um, the government of Peru have banned animal circuses and they spoke to the wildlife officials in Bolivia. And uh, we were recommended to them. And uh, they have asked us to do the same job in Peru as we did in Bolivia. And Peru is, uh, is larger and uh, even more complex than Bolivia. But we do, we do think that we can do it. And we do think it's important to show these governments that if they pass these laws, we will help them to enforce them. So Peru is up next, and we're hoping to um, get the Peru animals uh, early next year. We've got a team on the ground there right now uh, monitoring the circuses. Um, obviously, things have changed with Lion Ark. Lion Ark was the first country in South America to, to ban the use of animals in circuses, and that was followed, and I think inspired by not only, obviously, our investigation secured those laws, but also by this rescue operation. So the laws followed in Ecuador, Peru, Paraguay, and Colombia passed the law just this summer. So as Jan says, that we're pushing to get those laws effectively in, in force. We've got teams on the ground right now. The circuses are a lot more antagonistic. In many ways in Bolivia, they never believed it would be so effectively enforced, and clearly they're on notice now. We had one of our senior field officers who appears in Lion Art very seriously assaulted about five weeks ago. And so we're on the ground there monitoring the circuses. And like Jan says, we're desperately trying to raise funds for this. If people can give a donation at www.ad-international.org, then we will go down there and save as many animals as we can. And again, what's that website if I, I want to donate? ad-international.org. We can guarantee people that the donations they give to, uh, to Peru will be spent on getting those animals out of Peru. We'll go down there and we will get them. And I think that with Lion Art, we've shown that um, give us the tools and we can do it. And we're very keen to get down there and get that job done. What's the website I can learn more about Lion Art, the film? That website is lionarkthemovie.com. And on lionarkthemovie.com, you can see the trailer. You can see new pieces of uh, footage and film that we're putting up on a regular basis. There's going to be something going up in the next week or so. There are clips from the movie and news, um, the, the media coverage we've had, and uh, updates on the stories and uh, where we're going with it is the place to find out where we are next. People can also follow us on Facebook. We have... Um Lion Art the Movie on Facebook and 
regularly there's pictures posted there from of how the animals are doing, of insider pictures from the rescues, also updates from the campaigns, and of course pictures from these film festivals and and things we're doing at the festivals, and um, so they can really keep up to date with the film and our activities. Well, I suggest that people go to the websites because it's really well done, and so the pictures are great. But time has caught up with us. Jan and Tim, I thank you so much for taking the time from your busy schedules to update us on the Lions from Lion Ark, the film Lion Ark, and the progress you're making in helping animals in Peru and other countries in South America. Thanks so much. And thank you so much for inviting us on to your show again, and it's always a delight to be speaking with you. Well, likewise, and please keep us up to date with what's going on so we can share uh, the news about your adventures with our audience. Have a great day. Thanks very much indeed. We want to thank you, our listeners, for spending your valuable time with us. You're all fantastic, and we hope you tell your friends about Awesome Animal Advocates. And a special thanks to Mark Winter, co-founder and executive producer of Pet Life Radio, and our sponsors for making this episode of Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates possible. I'm Keith Sanderson, host and creator of Max A. Pooch's Awesome Animal Advocates, saying thank you to all those animal advocates who work so hard on behalf of those who can't speak for themselves. Max A. Pooch gives them five big tail-wagging woofs. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.